Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodgers fans? <laughs> Hope you're doing better than me out there. We are recording live after game two of the National League Division Series where your Los Angeles Dodgers are deadlocked with the San Diego Padres in a 1-1 split. This series now shifts to Petco Park where it is a best of three. Tony Gonsolin is announced as the Dodgers game three starter. He'll face Blake Snell. We will talk about that matchup later in the episode, but let's talk about this monstrosity of a game two performance by your Dodgers. This came down to awful defense, lack of hitting with runners in scoring position, and you could even throw in some base running blunders. So all season long, my biggest concerns were the defense. Trey Turner really stole the show with that tonight. The hitting with running runners in scoring position, Justin Turner, Gavin Lux, Trey Turner are some names that stick out to me like a sore thumb. And so, yeah, your Dodgers fall to the Padres 5-3. Ironically, the Dodgers won game one 5-3. So... Not funny, but whatever. Clayton Kershaw pitched fine, gave up three runs over five innings, similar to Julio Urias. But let's get some thoughts in here. So I'll start with Jake Reiner. Jake, I know it's not a good night, but give me some of your takeaways from tonight's action. Yeah, that was a tough one to watch. Game one was a tough one to watch too. From the sixth inning on in game one through the entirety of game two was a, was a tough watch. and we saw a little preview of what we got in game two from this offense in the second half of game one, which they just could not put them away. And if it wasn't for the bullpen and that double play by Gavin Lux in game one, we'd be looking at it an O2 hole. We could have very, very easily gone O2 uh, in these first two games, but we did, we did hold on for game one and thank God for that because game two was just, it just never felt right 
I don't know how else to explain it, but it just never felt like the Dodgers were going to pull that one out. They got a bunch of traffic on the bases. They had a number of opportunities with runners in scoring position, but more importantly, opportunities with runners at third and less than two outs, which we know this team is capable of manufacturing runs and getting a fly ball, a sack fly when they need it. And they just weren't able to do that tonight. Um, a little bit of a head scratching move, uh, pinch hitting Austin Barnes for Cody Bellinger, even more head scratching of a explanation from Dave Roberts as to why that happened. And I'm sure we'll get into that, but yeah, the defense was bad. Um, unfortunate, uh, that, that Trinan, uh, came in and, and gave up a home run to Cronenworth, but the Dodgers only scored three runs anyway. So it didn't end up really mattering, but yeah, very disappointing. And I know it's something that David brought up originally, but I'm fully on board with this, with his take on this, which is the magic number is five. You got to get five runs. And we saw that the Dodgers won game one with five runs and they lost game two because they only scored three. Now the Padres ended up scoring five, so they would have needed to score at least one more than that. But if they had scored five runs, I don't know that we would have been in the situation we were in at the end of game two, but it was just overall a very frustrating night. David Rosenthal, since Jake mentioned you, why don't you uh, add to that or present some of your thoughts from what went down in this game two? I mean, it's pretty simple for me. They just shit their pants with runners in scoring position. That's what it comes down to. They were 0-4-8 with runners in scoring position with 10 men left on base, 19 men if you're an individual left on base stats person. Uh, that's why they lost the game. You know, you can point to the defense. You can point to Kershaw not being sharp. You can point to Trey's error or Trinan's home run. They didn't execute with runners in scoring position. And we've seen this in the playoffs too many times. They, they string these O for whatever with runners in scoring position and however many left on base and they lose the game. And the crazy part is they had the winning run or at least the tying run up at the plate in the ninth inning. And they, they had so many chances to at least tie or win this game. And they didn't. That's, that's what happened. You know, there's, you can, you can analyze it all you want. You can nitpick little decisions and, and pitch hit uh, decisions and pitching decisions all you want. But when it comes down to it, they didn't execute. Uh, Justin Turner came up in the seventh uh, needing a ground ball or a fly ball to tie the game. Couldn't do it. Struck out Lux double play. Uh, next at bat, which he never does. He hit it right at the guy. And then the following inning, uh, who, uh, who was it who needed a Trey. fly ball? Trey Turner. It was Trey. It was Trey. And he grounded out right to Manny Machado. All he needed was a fly ball. Uh, and then you got Smith, uh, who hit the fly ball to end the game. I think he had a sack fly opportunity at one point. The list goes on and on. Lux uh, singled in his at bat after the double play. So it's just execution. That's what it comes down to. But I'm not all, I'm not going to be all doom and gloom here. It's a three game series. Uh, the Dodgers set the franchise record for road wins this season. They're just going to San Diego. You know, obviously you got to win at least one, but if you win at least one, you're coming home with Julio Rios in game five. So I'll take that. It's just brutal because they had you Darvish on the ropes. First yeah, of all, they had true. three solo home runs off him. Freeman, Trey, and Muncie took him deep individually. And then they brought him back out in the sixth inning. And that's when the first and third happened nobody yep. out max muncie hit what looked like should have been a double after the game they asked him about that he said he thought juan soto caught it which i mean i could understand wanting to make sure that the fielder caught it but i mean come on it's juan soto he's not a good defensive outfielder you should have almost expected 
it's a drop. Well, that's that's a bullshit response anyway because you're the you're the hitter. You just run. Like don't look at the ball, just yeah. run. That's what you should be doing in that situation. I mean, it was a classic Murphy's Law game. I mean, what could go wrong went wrong. That's that's literally what happened. They didn't get one bounce. The only gift they got was the umpire not ringing Muncie up on that strike three, and then he hit a home run. So, you know, yeah, even that, even the even the fly ball that Trent Grisham dove for and missed barely trickled away from him and didn't get yeah, away from him far enough for Bellinger to score. Yeah, they didn't get one bounce. Nothing went right except for that Muncie gift. Uh, it happens. It's baseball. What are you going to do? You know, you got to execute. None of this shit would matter if you had one, one hit with runners in scoring position. Brutal. Yeah. Robert Suarez, Robert Suarez coming out of the bullpen was Houdini. Like the broadcast said two times they had him in tough spots. And the one that just really killed me was Justin Turner striking out pipe down the middle. Like you got to be better than that, man. Yeah, you really do. And then, uh, so yeah, I mean, interesting decision by Dave Roberts having Austin Barnes pinch hit in the bottom of the eighth inning. Yeah, bottom of the eighth inning for Cody Bellinger with runners in scoring position. Ended up being a pretty lazy flyout after the game. Dave Roberts basically used his quote-unquote favorite line. I liked him in that spot, saying that Josh Hader throws high, hard, four-seam fastballs, although he doesn't. He throws sinkers that are hard and said that he favored that over guys like Miguel Vargas and Chris Taylor. But not my first choice off the bench. I I actually liked that they pinched hit for Cody Ballinger and the numbers favor the favor the decision. I mean, he's got a 583 OPS against lefties this season, hitting 213, has not really looked good in this series. He had the one single, but he's been swinging and chasing out a lot of hits, uh, a lot of pitches his way. So not the same Cody Ballinger that we were accustomed to seeing last October. Look, it's not like you had a David Freeze on the bench, right? So to me, I would have left Cody Bellinger in there. I just, I, I don't understand it. He got a base hit in his last at-bat. He shortened his swing. He, you, you may have been able to build on that momentum. He has, he's hit a home runoff hater before. And he's come up clutch in a lot of, op- in a lot of big spots when you've needed him to in the postseason. So all of that, would have pointed to Dave going with Cody Bellinger. Dave does a lot of, you know, go with the heart kind of ramp up for the heroics type of shit. And, and there he, it was a, it was a very strange move. And the other thing that he said after he explained why he went with Barnes, he also said that because Barnes has success against hater. Well, not really. He's only one for six against him. And guess who's three for eight against hater. That would be Chris Taylor. So that's, that's my guy. That I'm, doesn't, I mean, so I, 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 okay. If you want to go with the right-handed bat, but like, and you, and if you're going to play the percentages, well, then you should follow the percentages all the way through and go with the guy that has the literal best success against him. Absolute head scratcher that Chris Taylor has not recorded a single at bat in this series. I mean, you just pointed out he's three for eight against hater. He's the one thing that he actually still can do well against is left-handed pitchers and we tout how great Cody Bellinger is during the postseason. Well, you can't sleep on an 842 career OPS over 62 games, nine home runs, and 25 RBIs from Chris Taylor. I don't care how sluggish he's looked, how down of a season he's had. When this guy has proven time and time again that when the lights are at their brightest, he will come through. He had a walk-off 
well, he came off the bench, walk off home run in that wild card game, which extended the Dodgers playoff hopes a year ago. You and I both know that's not the same Chris Taylor we saw this year. I it's just not. I feel like he was starting to show some life near the very end. And when? I don't care that he struck. Was I sleeping? I didn't see any of that. He has looked bad. He has looked legitimately bad. I think of the three, he was the worst option of those three. I don't agree at all. And why is Trace Thompson starting over Chris Taylor to begin with in this game? I get the move starting him in game one, but that was just an awful decision to have him go against you Darvish because the one thing that will fool Trace Thompson is nasty sliders. He's so Trace is 0 for 6 with three K's in this series. And yeah, you got to start him in game three because we got Blake Snell on the mound, but Dave Roberts has already announced Cody Bellinger will not start and it will be Chris Taylor in left field. Yeah, and he, and he also said that Thompson is starting too. Yes, yeah, center field. So I'm just going to read a, a quote from Dave at when he was asked about the Austin Barnes thing. He said he liked Barnes's shorter swing against Hader rather than Taylor's tendency to go uphill against high velocity like Josh Hader's. That is one of the best answers I've, I've heard from Dave Roberts in a post-game press conference in a, lot of, in a long time because it's true. It's factually accurate. Barnes has a short swing. The broadcast even said he, he has success against high-velocity, high-fastballs. Chris Taylor has a very long, drawn-out swing, and he can get overmatched by high-velocity, which we've seen throughout his whole career. I mean, he's, he's led the team in strikeouts consistently over the past however many years. So I get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense when you see it happening, but to pinch hit for the guy who, has the, who is tied for the most postseason – uh, ninth inning or, or later go ahead hits in major league baseball history is the problem period. You just can't do it. And Dave Roberts is a ride or die guy. And he, he didn't stay true to himself. He just didn't. Is Josh Hader one of the worst possible matchups for Cody Bellinger? Yes, but it's fucking baseball. Anything can happen at any point. Hader makes one bad pitch. It's that's it. You, you, you have to go with Cody Bellinger. You just have to no, and to prove that point bellinger is actually one of the has been one of the guys that hasn't really won over dave roberts very shortly hasn't been afraid to call him out to the media the, the only one, guy the only guy so clearly i mean dave roberts has been managing cody bellinger since he's been called up no one knows his strengths and weaknesses better than dave roberts at least i hope the co the whole coaching staff for that matter they know what cody bellinger can and can't do against lefties you just cannot have him bat in that situation. Pinch hitting the right-handed bat was the right move, but I still do not agree with the Austin Barnes decision. You have to go with your Chris Taylor veteran postseason hero. That is the spotlight. That is the postseason heroic moment that you're hoping comes through and sets the team up for a sweep. The only scenario I would ever want Austin Barnes pinch hitting is against Blake Snell. Other than that, <laughs> I don't want to see him pinch hitting. I just don't. You have got, if you're going to use a right-handed bat off the bench, you don't use your backup catcher who is not a good hitter. Like he just isn't. Like, I don't care about his approach or feel against that type of, you know, velocity and all of that. And it's like, you, you have other options on the bench. In fact, you have a guy, like I just mentioned, Chris Taylor, who actually does have success against this pitcher. He's got three hits and eight at-bats. That's better than anybody off the bench. And you had him available. I, I don't get it. But the point is, is that 
the game was not won or lost in that moment. The game was yeah. lost and won a number of other times because yeah. the Dodgers had so many opportunities, much better than that, because that was a two out opportunity. They had opportunities with runners at third and less than two outs a couple other times. And we just mentioned them and they didn't come through. So to me, you can't put all the emphasis on that moment, even though I totally disagree with what happened. So when are you guys trying to go to Petco Park to watch the Dodgers play in game three or four? Or maybe you just feel like go to a concert or watch a musical or your favorite NFL team on Sunday or Monday night football. Well, TickPick is a proud sponsor of the Incline Dodgers podcast, and they are offering our listeners $10 off your first purchase of $49 or more. All you have to do is download the app for TickPick or go to TickPick.com. Use that promo code INCLINE, all caps. I said INCLINE, all caps, and that'll save you 10 bucks. What's really amazing about TickPick, though, is you see the price, you know what you're going to pay because they have no fees on their tickets. So none of that hidden bullshit. Just pay what you see over at TickPick and they have great customer service and those tickets will be sent to you right away. TickPick, proud sponsor of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the hitting is number one. Number two is obviously that Trey Turner defensive error because it was a 3-3 game. Bruce Stargrattle had complete control what was a routine double play, maybe the easiest one hit all game besides the one Gavin Lux hit, unfortunately. That should have been a the two outs, get the inning over. Instead, we had Gradrol basically have to do it himself, made that incredible defensive play to throw out. Uh, can't even remember, but threw out. It a was Myers. Threw out Myers at home plate, kept it within one run. But I really feel like if it was a 3-3 game going into those Dodgers hitting scenarios, they're less likely to press at the plate because at least in those situations, you're not playing from a deficit. You're playing in a tie. And I do feel like there's less pressure in a tie versus from trailing. Well, all Trey had to do was get at least just one out on that play. Like I don't know. I think with the, the ball, I don't think the ball was hit hard enough to maybe turn a double play, but he at least needed to get that sure out at second. Definitely. He, he had another botch too with Blake trying and pitching. So uh, come on, Trey, you got to really tie That one up. was inexcusable. That was you awful. You have it. It was Austin Nola running. It's the Throw catcher. to first. Throw the ball to first. It's uh, it's really sucks too, because Trey Turner for the first 15 innings, I'll, I'll, I'll just round it to 15. It looked like he was going to be the big postseason hero. Like this was his NLDS two home runs coming through. And then he just tanked. I think he finished this game two going one for five, left the runner on third when they really needed that, really needed Trey to come through there. And then, of course, the air that we were just talking about. You know what I noticed, too? Through the first two games, there's been a lot of first pitch swinging. I don't know if that's like a, you know, a thing that they're that they're trying to do or that they've instilled in the players, but that's not what I'm used to seeing. Like, there were a lot of first pitch outs. Um, and I don't really understand what, what that approach is. Cause that's not what the Dodgers do. Yeah. So it is Tony Gonsolin. It is Blake Snell, Blake Snell against the Dodgers this season, not as dominant as you might think went 0 and one with a 386 ERA, a 1.571 whip, um, 23 or 24 strikeouts over 15 innings, I want to say. So he was still able to fool a lot of the Dodgers hitters. 
But I mean, the approach when you face Snell is this guy has a lot of command issues. I believe in that Mets game, he had six or seven walks, was removed fairly early, couldn't even get past the fourth. And the Dodgers have to go up against that mindset again. Repeat what the Mets did. I mean, Mets aren't a team you want to emulate, but they did it absolutely right against Blake Snell. You try to make this guy throw as many pitches as possible. He's going to be all over the zone. A lot of what Snell does is he tries to get you to chase especially with that slider. So that's what I want to see the Dodgers do. Force him to throw strikes. Yeah. I mean, if you get Snell's pitch count up early, you know, he's not going to last more than five innings. That's, that's what's going to happen. The the problem is if you don't, and we've seen him do this against the Dodgers before is like career high of seven innings, you know, Kevin cash ain't walking through that door. You know, Bob Melvin is going to let him go if he's going. Uh, So Like you said, Kevin, you got to do what the Mets did. You got to do what the Dodgers have done with him many, many times. Make him work the count early, early. You know, it's like I said, if if he's rolling, Bob Melvin's not going to take him out. You know, they're not going to be the Tampa Bay Rays and just go strict analytic, no third time through the order. And that's where the Dodgers are going to find themselves in trouble if they if they are in a position to be facing Blake Snell a third time through the order. Well, and that is what we're, what we're learning through this series, too, is that the game is won or lost with the starting pitcher. Because once you get into these bullpens, both bullpens are lights out, lockdown bullpens. And for the Dodgers, they really do need to get to Snell early. That has to be the game plan like you laid out. And for once, I just... I just want to shell him. Like, can't we just shell him once? Like, I don't get it. I really would like to see that. My other question is, they're going with Tony Gonsolin. What's the thinking behind that, do we do we think? Because I, I can figure this one out for okay, you. Okay, go for it. So I think they're saving Tyler Anderson, who is the more stable, consistent starter at this point in the season, with Gonsolin not being built up for either a closeout game in game four or an elimination game in game four. I don't think they want to throw Tyler Anderson to, uh, Friday. And if you lose that game, be forced to go with Tony Gonsolin and Andrew Heaney in an elimination game. I mm. think they're avoiding that entirely. I think they're going to roll the dice in a non-elimination game, hopefully get a solid outing from Gonsolin, two, three innings. Hopefully Heaney keeps the ball in the ballpark. Uh, and then you steal one. I think that is that is absolutely the thinking. I think if they had one tonight, they probably would have done the same thing. Uh, I think at this point, it's all strategy. Seems reasonable to me. Yeah, I heard. Um, I don't know if this if this has any merit, but I heard Vasse on the on the post game show saying that he believes that Tyler Anderson's going to come out of the bullpen in that game. I don't think Vasse knows what the hell he's talking. About. I don't. Yeah. Who are you pitching game four? I. I yeah. I, I. I don't. I don't understand that thinking. No. And I'm sorry, I, I, I meant to say if they had won tonight, I think I, we, we would have seen Tyler Anderson pitch game three. Right, right. Just to end it. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. You know, how, how are you going to throw him out of the bullpen? The fuck are you going to do with that? May and Heaney. Yeah, it's going to be May and Heaney. Yeah, in my opinion. There's no, there's no point in bringing Tyler Anderson out of the bullpen. You need, it's, it's like, why? It's just, like, you're doing it's, too much. When it's like last year when they used, Arias and Scherzer out of the bullpen when they didn't need to. It's like they had already the already a shortage of starters. And yeah. this time around, they've only got three real solid ones and Tony Gonsolin's iffy. 
Yeah, I mean, Tyler Anderson is a, a legit starter. I mean, he's been the second best starter all season. So you can't just use him in the bullpen. Let his ass fucking start game four, period. You got May and Haney for a reason. I don't think they're going to bring Tyler Anderson out of the bullpen, but at the same time, they're going to have to find a way to get 18 outs because Tony Gonsolin's probably nine, nine of those outs. Hopefully nine. The good, the good news is, is that they were able to stay away. They Roberts did want to stay away from Phillips and Andy stayed away from Vessia. I would hope they would stay away from Phillips. He had to throw like 30 pitches. No, I know, but that's just, that's just a testament to this bullpen. Bullpen's going to be fully rested on Friday. Yeah. They get get an extra day. Everybody's going to be good to go. I love the way this bullpen is looking though. I mean, you have, you you can't say enough about what they've done. It's unfortunate for Trinan, you know, who gave up the home run to Cronenworth, who's now I think has two or three home runs against him and five at bats. You were, you were, I don't want to see that matchup again though. Yeah. You were always spinning the chamber, keeping Trinan on the putting Trinan on the roster, not knowing what the hell you were going to get. So he battled, uh, he got out of the jam and kept him in the game, but, you know, I, I can't really fault him that much. Game four of the Padres, we'll go with Joe Musgrove, who went 0-2 against the Dodgers this season, had a 3.63 ERA. I know for a fact off the top of my head, Justin Turner was the one Dodger that really owned him. I believe he had three home runs against him this season. Yep. Six In his career, he's 6-15 for 15 with three home runs. Not a threat. Justin, also. not a threat, Turner. Yeah. Shame and, that uh, we don't have Jock Peterson, though. And just real quick, Muncie, 9 for 21 with a home run. That's a 429 average and 1,200 OPS. Freddie Freeman, 8 for 21. That's a 381 average with a 1,000 OPS and a home run. Uh, Betts, 5 for 12. Uh, Cody, 2 for 17. Smith, 3 for 13. And Chris Taylor, 4 for 20. I think this needs to be said, though. Gotta see something out of Mookie. Gotta see something. Yeah. Yeah. I Got mean, he, he very well could be 0 for 9 in the series if Trent Grisham, you know, makes that catch, which he should have made that catch. Uh, to be fair to Mookie, that umpire kind of hoed him out of a lot of calls in multiple at-bats this game. Uh, but he needs to set the tone. It's, you know, they're not paying you $33 million a year to, to just take up space, you know? That's that's what comes with being paid that much money, is you yep, got you to gotta execute. It. Yeah, well, need to see it. It's got to do better. You also got to credit Machado at third with his defense he's robbed Mookie and a few other Dodgers of for sure hits well yeah that that's an automatic out anytime you hit it down the third base line it's an automatic out that was actually a question from Cam Maui 85 what happened to Mookie Betts he also asked what happened to Kershaw I mean Kershaw really had to grind it out today part of me feels like they should have went with Austin Barnes this game just Kershaw never seemed to get in a groove until the very end, the last, the fourth and fifth inning, he was able to retire the sides in order, which was a good bounce back. But those first three innings, God, Kershaw was shaking Smith off a lot. I don't even really know if they were using pitch calm, just a a very uncomfortable looking Clayton Kershaw out there. Machado got the home run off him right away. Uh, Machado got another RBI double off him. And so, yeah, it was three runs, five innings. You'll take that, but just, it felt worse than it actually was. Yeah. He didn't have it. He didn't have it. That's, that's as simple as it gets. And that wouldn't have mattered who was catching. It just wouldn't have. Was Austin Barnes going to grip his slider better? Was he going to have better command of his curveball for him? No. Would, would Barnes maybe get one or two more pitches frame wise than Smith? Sure. But overall, if you watched Kershaw tonight, he didn't have it period. He grinded. He, he gained command of the slider a little bit in the, in the, 
second or third inning, carried that over towards the end of the game, but he just didn't have it. Sometimes that happens with pitchers. We've seen it with Kershaw a lot. Uh, and when he doesn't have it, he's good enough where he can still grind and get outs. And that's what happened today. End of story. There's no reason to further discuss who should have started or anything. It's Kershaw didn't have it today. That's it. Yeah. And, and the Dodgers didn't score. I mean, Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Oh for 8, 10 men left on base with runners in scoring position. It's just frustrating because I knew coming into this game, the key to game two is run prevention. And especially with the Dodgers defense, giving Padres free runs like that. Yeah. Every run is precious gold out there. And I mean, I would gladly take three runs off Darvish coming into that game. Oh, yeah. 100%. You tell me we're getting that before the game. I signed me up for that 10 out of 10 times. Just the fact that the Dodgers have had no answer for the Padres from the from the Padres bullpen. Uh, what was it? 17 consecutive Dodgers retired, I think, until the first base hit from Bellinger. Yeah, until and Bob they, Nightingale tweeted that. They haven't given up a run over it's gotta be at least nine or nine some nine plus innings over these two games. I mean, it's, I think what we're seeing is just the, the the Padres have just put it together. I mean, they just did. They, they, it took them in the entire season to do it, but they did it down the stretch against the Mets. They've put it together. And so they are more of a threat now than they ever were during the regular season. And so, yeah, that's why the game is going to be won or lost with the starting pitcher. You got to get to the starting pitcher because getting into that bullpen is, is just nasty. I mean, that bullpen is nasty. And it sucks as a fan because that game felt so winnable oh, pretty much every inning. Most and you know winnable if they game. won that if you you know if they won that game, the series was over. So now it's more as a fan, we're just lamenting that we have to stress more often. You know, pretty much the rest of these games are going to be super stressful. Whereas if they won tonight, it's okay. We're obviously not going to lose three in a row. So it's baseball, three game series. I'll take it. I wanted to play the Mets. I called the Mets frauds all year. I would have preferred the Mets, but here we are. I, I just, you know, I don't think that it's going to, to end up the same way, but it, it does have an 
eerily similar feeling to the 2019 NLDS because Don't speak that devil magic, Ricky Bobby. I am going to say it because that's what it feels like to me. And you have two did I, teams. Did I get that quote right? I don't know. Let's ask Chris Camello. Yeah, where's Chris, dude? <laughs> that that series was a was a tale of one team being superior than the other team and not being able to put them away. And it just has that has that sense too. Even in game one that the Dodgers won, it was like they they just let them hang around a little bit too long. And when you do that and you make mistakes, it is is so costly. Um, the Dodgers are so far and away better than than the Padres. And so to to kind of be on their level right now and kind of playing to their level, it's just it, it is very frustrating um, going into game three. That's what Zimzy tweeted at us saying, why does this feel like 2019? <laughs> and then uh, it shout does out, shout out to Dred Scott underscore me asking us why Barnes hit. So hopefully we explain that to you. Um, yeah. So what last year, the Dodgers were down one games to two against the giants in that NLDS and they won the last two. So as long as we don't get to that territory, I'm not worried yet. I thought the Dodgers could win both these games, but when they play like this and they beat themselves, clearly it's too much to overcome. So they got to really get themselves together for this game three. Blake Snell is beatable. Like this is not Randy Johnson. This is not Clayton Kershaw. This is Blake Snell. Who's been an average pitcher the last two years. And so they've seen him more than enough now. So it's not like they're going to be blindsided. This isn't even a fluke. Eric Lauer. I, do think they had one game against Blake Snell. It was either this year or late last year. They got five runs off him, but they can do it. I really believe they can do it. They just got to really tighten it up in those assets we covered today. Would it be great to just win the, the next two and just send all the fans at Petco home sad? Yes. That would be electric. I do not want to come back here for a game five, even though it does play in our favor. Just anything can freaking happen in a, game five in an elimination game like that yeah that's another thing you know they they could go clevenger or they could go darvish on three days rest oh i was a game five i I wouldn't even i wouldn't even sniff clevenger just i wouldn't even go near that guy in an elimination game you you freaking put darvish on there and you let him you let him die is what you do wouldn't bother me but i don't want there to be a game five because the one thing that we almost saw in game one where the Dodgers got off to a fast lead five, nothing. And then they kind of let the Padres back in it because they could not touch the bullpen at all. Very creepily similar to game five of the 2019 NLDS where the Dodgers were up three, nothing. Then they let the nationals back in it. And of course we know what happened. Yeah. Just cannot have that. They cannot, I mean- they cannot lift their foot off the Padres throat. Anytime they're about to put more runs on the board, they just cannot give up these free opportunities. Are we all in agreement that game three is a must win? No, it's not a must. Well, I'm not. I think every game's a must win. So I'll go with that. I mean, for I think- my like sanity's sake, yes. But you know, if you're going to save Tyler Anderson for for game four, and you know, face Joe Musgrove, who's been good, but we've beaten him many times. I don't think it's a must win in game three. I think it is because you lose game three and now you're, now you're playing for a game five. You have to get to a game five. 
And that's math. No, I know that's math, but that's not, not a position you want to be in. Like, I mean, if you're telling me, do I want to win game three? Yes. But is there a must? Well, obviously you want to win game three. I'm not saying that I'm saying that I I believe that you got to get, you got to get it. You just have to. All right. Every well, Snell has faced the Dodgers three times this year. His most recent start was five innings, no runs. Uh, second most recent, also in September, four innings, five runs, seven hits, so and then one in August was five innings, one run, twelve strikeouts. Every NLDS game is a must-win because the more that you let your opponent back in it, it sets up a game five, and that's where the heartbreaks are likely to come. So they should have won tonight. Just gotta win the next two. Dave Roberts needs to manage his balls off. No more idiotic decisions. He did manage flawlessly in game one. I will give him that. The yeah, bullpen, the bullpen uh, matchups that he did were just perfect. Yeah. Shout out to Alex Vesia. I don't remember if I sh- mentioned his name earlier in the show, but hero five huge outs. That was. And an up down best. too. Yes. Or a down up. Of course. Five outs. <laughs> All right. Anything else you guys want to cover real quick? That might be it. The goose? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was going to like be a thing. Rally goose. When we had, when we had a little, when we got a base runner, Lux got the single right after the goose. I felt bad for that goose. He looked really stressed out. He looked Where more stressed out. Where the hell did us. it come from? Yeah. I mean, he was, he looked like he was tweaking out there, like 45,000 people just staring at him. Yeah. Wouldn't he, you be? Like, what yeah, the hell I mean, am I doing here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like legitimately felt bad for that goose. And like, I'm not some like PETA person, but like, I felt bad for that goose. Yeah. I mean, you're a human being. You got feelings. Yes, I do. Poor goose. That is Tony Gonsolin's Twitter handle name. Funny enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he better pitch. Well, that's all I got to say about well, I mean, th- I mean, uh, so we'll say this, right? Because we've talked about this many, many times. We need Tony Gonsolin to prove he's a big game pitcher. We need, we need something. We need, even if it's just three or four innings, we need three or four really good innings from him. I would be shocked if we get four innings from him. Shocked. Utterly shocked. It's possible. I'll, I'll be more lenient on him because he's barely pitched, but if he can go three or four and limit, limit it to three runs, I will Ugh, call that a, what? I will call that a win because Urias and Kershaw both. Gave How up is three that a runs. win? Cause the daughter's offense needs to do something. They cannot go into these games and go three runs or Oh, for eight with runners in scoring position, best offense in the sport. They got to do better than this. No, no, no. I'd rather him go one inning of shutout ball than, than three innings of that and just turn it over to the bullpen. Are you kidding? You're calling that a win? That'd be an, a, that would be catastrophic. Especially versus Snell. He gives up three runs I, and we and we, we can't figure it out. Till yeah, the, so my well, question then we is, just, who, who gets the home to run off Heaney? Because you know it's coming. If we can't score three runs, then we deserve to lose. I'm going to just leave it at that. We got to well, do better. That's also like implying that the bullpen is guaranteed to not give up a run. I mean, I would make that bet every game. I really feel good about our bullpen. Six innings of a bullpen is a lot harder than four innings of a bullpen. Just got to score. We know what we know what this is. Just got to score. Score. It's just, it's just, that's, that's it. That's all I ask. Just five runs. Please. 
if they could just go four for eight with runners in scoring position, it'd be a completely different narrative tonight. Four for eight? Just give me like one for nine. How about instead of 0 for nine, one for nine? That one for nine better be two, two for runs. ten. Come on. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to I think conclude. they're going to be okay. I really do. I think they're going to be okay. I, I think they got this. It's, it's scary, no doubt. Uh, you know, I think they are a better team than they were in 2020. Uh, I think they do have momentum. I think they do have starters uh, lined up well for them, but I think the Dodgers are going to be okay here. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm not riding gonna... with da- I'm riding with David's confidence on this one because I feel pretty shitty after this game. No, I, I really do feel good. I think the Dodgers have proven that they can bounce back. They've proven that they can go on the road. They've proven that not a lot phases them. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be in four or five, but I do think they they leave this series advancing uh, to the NLCS. I really do. Please God. Yeah, do not give up, Dodgers fans. It's only one loss. We've been in this hole before. So on that note, thank you guys for listening and subscribe to the Incline Dodgers podcast. And you'll hear from us Friday. Go Dodgers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.